Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 558, recorded today, Wednesday, the 14th of November. Uh, November. We are a music technology podcast. We talk about synthesizers, controllers, software, live performance, uh, studio stuff, all of the things, modular synthesis, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, before I start, I want to remind you of our uh, gig that we've got in Bristol, uh, Wednesday, the 24th of November. I will let Gaz take over from here because he's done a fantastic jingle. Hello, Gaz here. Just want to tell you about the great Sonic State Live event that we've got planned on the 24th of November. That date again? The 24th of November! We've got some special guests coming along. We've got Will Gregory from Goldfrap, Adrian Utley from Portishead, Dave Spears from G4 Software, and the inimitable Ty Unwin. They're going to be bringing along some of their favourite pieces of kit and giving little talks and demonstrations. But on top of that, we've got live performances from the battery-operated orchestra and Chris Calcutt, plus other special guests too. Now, it's starting 3pm DBS in Bristol. Tickets are available now, but are extremely limited. If you can't join us in person, then please join us online. We're going to be streaming from 6.30pm. And also, there's going to be a social media wall, so your comments will be available for us all to see. So you can join in no matter where you are. Anyway, Sonic State Live, what's the date again? The 24th of November. (laughs) Come along if you can, or tune in. It certainly is. I want to say thank you very much to Gaz for doing that. That was great. And uh, there we go. That li- that link. It, actually, tickets are moving quite quite quickly now. So there's only two weeks to go, and there's only a few tickets left. So I know that's a mm. classic sales tactic, but literally it is quite limited. So uh, Bitly slash Sonic Live eighteen, if you want to go there. Uh, well, anyway, so uh, let's introduce our guests. Uh, obviously, we uh, we have a full panel, a fullsome panel. Well, that first chuckle you heard there was uh, Mr. Gaz Williams, who's in his mm. garret in. Uh, Bristol, his uh, base attic, yeah. uh, where he looks like he's got the Medusa. Ah. Uh, having lots of fun with the Medusa. It's, uh, I think it's amazing. I really think it's amazing. I think it's, uh, it's such an original idea, you know, yeah. the, the combination of the oscillators and all the different modulation routings and how fast it is to set up modulation routings, just hold it, yeah. hold the, the button and set the destination. All that kind of stuff means you can move pretty fast. The reason I've got it, well, I've been playing with it today is connected with one of the topics later on. But um, this many, many uh, synthesizer options, once you couple it with the performance stuff that you can do on the grid, it's... Yeah, I think it's because it's been getting like quite mixed responses. Um, well, I, as we, we said, yeah, that people people t- tend, to, you know, you can't make it too yeah. different, otherwise people won't, mm-hmm. won't do. But I, yeah, I did a full review of it but, as well. But I think you probably mm. find it's had a firmware update since then, hasn't it? Yeah, and it, this is running some beta software at the moment, and it's it's made a huge difference. It's uh, so I think, and I think that. Uh, the their support of this, I think, is going to be really, really good. The their sequencer that they do has had loads of different sort of uh, things happen to it over yeah, its, its uh, lifespan yeah. so far. Yeah. So my thing, you know, I, I think this is, I think it's going to be well supported. So I hope it does because it's such an original prospect, really. Yeah. I think the sequencer still needs a little bit more development. But yeah, I would agree with I that. Be- it, I bet it'll. I bet it'll get. It'll come though, because yeah. Anyway, well, I, I, yeah. I could see what you've been doing for the last uh, like, <laughs> however many hours. But yeah, lovely to have you, Gaz. Uh, and um, thank you. And uh, as ever, uh, we've also got Mr. Divkid Ben from uh, up there in uh, Leeds, uh, where he's obviously masterminding his uh, single-handed takeover of the modular niche in uh, YouTube and online. How are you, Ben? You well? Good, yeah. I think that strategy is just work like an idiot. Um, yeah, that's about that's that's all there is to it. The mad, there's not much mastermind. But um, yeah, I'm very well, thank you. In a in a bid to uh, grab some gear and make some noise, I suppose I could twang some springs on a reverb, but I don't have a um, a Medusa to tinkle on, unfortunately. Ah, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. I've got the. Uh, I, I was playing a bit on the pre-show. I've got the modal sculpt here, which I'm really enjoying. I'm just reviewing that at the moment, which is. Very far from analog, but sounds very organic and uh, is is nice. Mm. You, know, you have to stay tuned that or watch the pre-show on the live stream and uncut uh, if you're watching this on the cut version. If that makes any sense. Duh. But Ben, <laughs> lovely to have you, and uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to your input a little bit later on. What have you been up to anyway? Have you got? Uh, I mean, you say you've been working hard. 
<laughs> yeah, um, just a ton of videos. It's it's now boxed back up, so I'm not going to grab it, but the Moth and Zeef modular Stargazer uh, kind of drone synth, a very little connection with the outside world, but I've really embraced that. It's been fun. There's an output, as you'd expect, and just a single expression input, um, which expects um, expression pedal. They sell these little LED jacks. It's a bit like having a theremin kind of on the side of the unit if you want to perform that way. Um, it's been nice, but they, I mean, there's no Volt Proctive for the oscillator. It's all completely hands-on. Uh, sounds like nice sounds like the uh, um, the, the Russian thing. I've can't remember what it's called now. It's completely yeah. Gone it's away. like kind of like the Lyra. Lyra um, eight, yeah. But there's kind of no way to play it other than the knobs. You don't get those kind of. They're not pressure pads, are they? But oh, I see. Right. Pads on just on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it is a bit strange. And the, the input for the expression controls the rate of the free LFOs, not the pitch. Because your first thought might be, oh, well, we can kind of theremin the pitch or get some CV in. Or um, No, <laughs> it's, an, it's kind of a, a deliberate move to be awkward, I think, which is very much Moff and Zeef's uh, approach. But it's been fun. To kind of I'm not just have... trying to find. I'm just trying to find a picture of it, so we got some context. There we go. That's it. Uh, no, that's not it. Get off. That's it. There. Yeah, that's what it yeah, looks like. But this is clearly what it sounds like. Crikey! Oh, I'm gonna have to turn it off. That was a little bit. That sort of <laughs> that rather took over there. <laughs> it's a very intrusive, very intrusive bit yeah, of yeah, autoplay like... web audio. Not the done thing. <laughs> No, no, it's, it's, it's a bit annoying. True. But um, it's interesting because this, this oscillator hits, um, it's all digital, hits a low-pass filter, then a kind of bit crush section with aliasing and redux or downsampling and bit crush, then another low-pass filter. Um, so you can then control all that weird top-end aliasing. And then a, a VCA that will distort. And you've got LFOs over the filters and the um, VCA. It's great. It's very interactive. Drones. It's just a perfect kind of drone machine. It's great for sampling to build a fit, gritty bass library. Um, It would be good kind of sample fodder, I think. Or something, which I may may also add, you could put through our uh, freeze machines, live effects input available at all good uh, websites like (laughs) ours just now. Yes. (laughs) There, you see what I did there, Ben? I just, you know, couldn't resist it. Couldn't resist it. You'd have to uh, put up with a pitch control going up, though. You couldn't kind of freeze a C and then go to put that third in and that fifth and build a card. But it'd be interesting. That's kind of how I've been using it in the modular, um, trying to freeze it in some sort of sampler, queue up some pitch change and build layers that way. Ah, it's just right, made me work differently. I mean, I've got to do the demo. <laughs> so that initial kind of, oh, it doesn't maybe do what everyone first thinks it will do, has forced me to embrace it, which has been really good. Um, yeah, well, it is. It sounds very much like the Lyra 8 kind of concept, which is like, well, it's this way or no. Sort of like like some other Swedish uh, manufacturers like uh, Electron, you know, it's our way or the highway, you know, and but they take it even further yeah. by not having any standards. Well, Ben, lovely to have you, and uh, we'll uh, look forward yeah. to speaking in, in a bit. Uh, we've also got Mr. Dominic Hawken, who uh, you may remember Hello. for a couple of weeks. He's, uh, he's no longer a Sonic Talk virgin. Uh, Dominic's got his uh, electronic music. Very moody lighting there, Dominic. Although you haven't powered up your mod. You haven't, it's not powered up, so there's no blinky it's lights. It's all off. No, it's all off today. So it's all, uh, it's all ch- you've just got me. I thought I was the ultimate drone machine, Ben, actually, but we'll see how I get on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's all off. I've just done, been doing a bit of rewiring, and I just thought it's a bit too posh, to, too too kind of showy, too flexy to have everything on today. So I've just got a couple of lights. Hopefully you can see me all right. Yeah, yeah. I've been, um, uh, I was just trying to think what I've been up to. Continuing to do a lot of relaxation music and sounds, which has been fun for the app that I'm involved with, but also getting into a bit of DIY from old school studios. So the Spring Reverb reminded me, I just built a Spring Reverb uh, with a preamp and some bits and pieces because you can buy the tanks from eBay or whatever for about 15, 20 quid, different size tanks. And really what you need is a little preamp to amp the signal going in and some kind of um, kind of high impedance output to, to get into the desk. And they sound great, especially if you start filtering the input and the output a little bit. And also reamping stuff. I got a mate's got a 15-inch speaker cab that he uses, so I'm DJing or something. And so just taking sounds out of the computer or out of something else, sticking it out into the cab and then miking it up and recording it again just to give it some movement and warmth actually in the room. You could even do it with um, your studio monitors if you want, if you're playing stuff. Keyboard pads are really good for it. Uh, And what else? Oh, yeah, echoes um, up behind me. 
up there, that Revox, it's an old Revox that I got, a Revox A from eBay ages ago, which you can use as a tape delay, obviously, like the like the Roland tape delays that you can get. You just put a signal into it and monitor it coming out. But I fitted a speed control that even does, this is too geeky, MIDI sync. You can actually feed the no. tempo into it. <laughs> wow, it that sounds impressive. Music, which is really quite mm. cool, because inside there's a little clock that does that literally just clocks. So if you start playing with that and you can sync it up, it got a bit hot inside and blew a fuse. So I've just paused that for a moment. I've just got a, a twisty knob speed control. So yeah, it's been a bit of a, of a DIY couple of weeks since I last saw you. Sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like a lot of fun. Excellent. Well, um, um, thank you very much for the intro. Uh, we should mention that, uh, of course, our sponsors uh, of the prize this week are Isotope. You can win a copy of their fabulous RX-7, uh, which we've just used to great effect because uh, we had uh, two mics when we record at the studio over there uh there are two omni mics and sometimes you know you get a bit of bleed and we wanted to get some separation we just did the um uh, the bleed de-bleed and it just basically cleaned up one of the vocals and literally i'm stood two feet away from a guy who had a slightly quieter voice my voice is almost as loud as his and i'm gone and he's there it's absolutely magical mm. so anyway if you want to win that stay tuned for a little bit later on so uh let's see what are we starting with let me see oh gosh yeah we had cubase didn't we cubase uh, 10 has actually Woo-hoo. been announced today i know i'm dropped this in a little bit but you know what mm. I, I was thinking about this and it, i'm actually quite excited by cubase 10 and i don't even use cubase 10 and it reminded me of the days when i used to get excited about daws and it seems to have dropped off a bit yeah. that but i think this is the uh, this is the video um this is charlie mclean uh who's got a fabulous studio in uh berlin using cubase 10 it's lovely and this just basically um sort of highlights the the new features but it's a nice track this everybody's got a sub 37 it looks like so uh, new new simplified chart side chaining. Uh, what else is there? There's some new. Uh, oh, that's lovely, lovely places. MPE support, better MPE support, advanced MPE support even. Alignment, alignment. Audio that's alignment. One of the big I think ones. that's coming up now. Yeah. yeah. This is supposed to be quite exciting, but we don't know what it is yet because uh, this is just a pre. When I put the show together. They hadn't actually announced it, so I didn't know what the features were. I had to scribble it down from all of the uh, lower thirds here. Audio alignment. Uh, there's a new uh, Very Audio uh, engine as well. But is it Very Audio 3? What's it called? Yeah, version 3, Very Audio. Latency monitoring. Sadly, it doesn't also come with a studio as with a great aspect as this one, but you know, maybe if you work hard enough, you'll end up being able to afford one. Uh, yeah, so Cubase 10 just out. In fact, uh, I I was checking back and it, it, it's just literally uh, Cubase 10. There we go. Find out more. There it is. Uh, it looks like, oh, something went wrong. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's probably due to uh, overload of traffic as everybody upgrades. Mm. I think it's about 85 quid up. I know, I'll come to you, Gaz, because I know you're mm. an avid Cubase user and you quite often do the, the upgrade uh, reviews for us. I'm sure you'll be taking a look that's at right. this one. Uh, yeah, and uh, sadly, I was going to give a little hands-on report today, but the download, which is a 21 and a half gigabyte download, uh, just got to the end, and then just it's kind of it's something about the uh, so it's exactly to do with the servers, you know. Just um, so unfortunately, I can't give a hands-on. However, what I, I know a few things about it that that's worth mentioning. I think um, when they introduced the uh, con- uh, the channel strip uh, a few versions ago, um, the idea of that was actually really really great. Just that you've always got a channel strip essentially. Uh, without having to sort of insert things it's just always there but you could swap things around and there was a certain amount that you could do with it but the the channel strips had a massive upgrade this time sort of a I guess, upgrade but just straight away i'm just thinking very smart move because the way they've integrated it is very clever so now they've expanded on that i think it's going to make for a very nice workflow just very integrated workflow uh, i did a project a couple of years ago um it was quite a big production from my standards and um I used, uh, I've talked about this before, but I, 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 I was just intrigued to see what would happen if I did a whole album project and only used the in-the-box Cubase plugins uh, without any third-party plugins. Um, an album come out sounding great. So I think the plugins are really excellent. It's so easy to overlook the stuff that comes 
you know pre-installed but um so the fact that they've kind of reworked that channel strip though i think is going to be yeah a really big thing the alignment thing is uh you know it looks like a vocal line if you've uh if, if you, that's if actually that really useful hmm. that's just so useful and, and it's quite cool it looks really simple you know you you, you choose your the, your track that you want it to align to choose the the other track you know and and then you've got a a percentage amount of just how much it snaps to it and uh, you, you can oh so it actually a, so it actually will do the uh the it's not a question of just taking a load of stems and making sure they start in phase it's actually for lining up vocals and takes it uses so the very it conforms it it uses the very oh, audio okay okay and uh you can there's a few things to that you can weight the algorithm towards um sort of speech and and, and and i think there's a few options that you've got but um yeah you can decide whether you want it to try and uh move things uh in time rather than time stretch so right okay it, so slice it rather than yeah stretch yes it. yeah yeah so but it's all pretty much what clicked and you're done uh so obviously i've spent gosh if i added it up years of my life doing vocal <laughs> comping and editing so this is something that i'm just really going to relish i mean i i think given the nature of the very audio 3 algorithm do you remember when we did that when we did the feature when very audio 2 came out and we did the uh we did a feature uh with you me and you nick and um mm -hmm. do you remember we slowed the bpm down to like 2 bpm and the the regular artifacts that you'd expect to hear at something like that were just surprisingly not you had incredible tone no matter how fast or slow that you'd move an audio file so i'm i've got high hopes that very audio 3 is going to be like so do you do you uh, just uh, kind of i could just stop you there i mean do you think uh, mm. i mean uh, this goes out sort of wider i mean i don't know if any, any of you other guys are you uh cubase users by any chance anybody used to be haven't for a long time but i'd mirror what gad gaz said about the time stretching and this was quite a while back but i remember at the time did an act of something and, it, and I was like oh that's actually kind of usable I'm not gonna have to do some you know make it something else filtering right. some sound out and, I, and I'm just looking at the channel strip stuff now a lot of the updates look great really good but I've not used it for a while I don't know about you Dominic I mean it's interesting isn't it they used to be back in the day you know you were quite I mean I remember we used to get um, Pro Tools free because you could run Serato pitch and time in it you know, so you'd actually buy, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd have alternative doors because there were certain things that you could do in it better than the door that you maybe used every day. Mm -hmm. And it feels like Cubase is starting to occupy that space a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was a user back in the day, I think, when, when 3 came out, which was the first one with the kind of timeline window on it. I worked with them, actually, um, coding some stuff for them, some some um, CD ripping elements that they put back in the, in the early days. But then I jumped... When um, Apple bought C Lab, didn't they, or whatever they were called at the time, and then created Logic, I, I jumped ship to Logic at that point. They were an amazing company, and I'm sure they still are, actually. Very, very independent, unique. They were writing the software, pressing the software, distributing it, racking out, and the, and the van would come up at the end, fill up with boxes, and, and, and it would go out. Um, and that is quite exciting, actually. I've been looking to try and find stuff that's going to change my workflow a bit. And I do know Logic. I'm very comfortable with using it, but partly getting into some of the external stuff like the Deluge or whatever and some of the little um, modular stuff is forcing me to kind of think differently and I'm, I'm creating different sounds and, and, and tracks now. And that's one thing that might entice me. It is PC only still, right, isn't it? Or no, is it, but uh, no, it's Mac, Mac, as well. Mac and PC, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. That's been for there a while, go. yeah. Really, I mean, I completely lost touch with it um, and just, just jumped in with Logic. So, yeah, that is that is quite tempting. I mean, the stock Logic plugins are good as well. Do you yeah. know if um, it supports VST2 or if they dropped it completely in 10? I, think, that, I think that's what that was news, wasn't it, uh, that they were going to drop the VST2 support by a certain time. I don't remember uh, exactly when that was. Perhaps the chat room will remember. But I, I think we discussed it some time back, but I can't remember what the actual deadline was uh, uh but yeah i mean it's just that, so that everything will be 64 bit and all of that mm. stuff um you can upgrade from uh, 9.5 for 85 quid 136 from 9 and you know cross grade from artist and you know it seems like i suppose i don't know it gaz do you think it's a big enough 
upgrade? I mean, because a 10.0 is traditionally the big one and that people are already sort of moaning that it's perhaps not got these killer features it's more iterative than uh, than big but i don't know because some of the some of the other ones previously have been a little even more iterative right yeah uh i mean for probably about four four or five years now steinberg have been doing this thing where there's a 0.5 uh paid upgrade so so it's virtually like a yearly upgrade with cubase now where yeah i think it's more or less a two-year period between big ones and a, and a 0.5 halfway through so i guess it's almost like not a subscription model but like the, the 0.5 upgrade being a paid you know like yearly installments uh i think that possibly has meant that uh the abundance of features you get maybe get spread across those um those stages but um and traditionally, you've always the point five upgrades always provided loads of cool stuff. Um, so I think um, it, it's it's got so much stuff in it. I remember when Reason Temp came out or something. We were talking about the advert was just going more and more and more and more. And um, I think it's more like taking what's there and just fine tuning it honing it like i mentioned with the channel strip you know making the channel strip really look very appealing and uh um you know it's easy to get complacent about things but i mean to the cost of like a the vocal line or something like that a third party piece of software you would probably pay what you would pay for the upgrade or or more so um i guess how important no, so I guess yeah. the thing is, is if you, mm. if it, whether you're a pro user or an occasional user, if you're an occasional user, you yeah. may not want to go for the upgrade features. You might hold off yeah. for a while and, and upgrade later. But yeah, I suppose. But it's it's mm. now, and their servers are crushed at the moment, which is quite <laughs> unusual. Usually that doesn't happen, and and it must be some extraordinary scenario because I I can't imagine it's only an extra five gigabytes of content. So I'm guessing you download all of the additional content that comes with it, and that just takes it up to a decent amount. So that's kind of the way it goes, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But what can you say? Um, right, okay, let's get on to something else. This is, uh, actually, uh, did I make a video? Yes, there's a video. Uh, no, this this video here. This is Raoul's World of Synths Presents, uh, and this is uh, Audio Modulation, AM Synthesis Technique. And, and you know, this is uh, more of, the, of a technical than a musical display of how you would use one LFO to modulate the amplitude, so AM modulation rather than FM modulation. We're quite familiar with that FM modulation, but if you modulate amplitude at audio rates, you get a, a different sort of set of tones and sort of a bit more discordant or you have to be more mathematically precise to get beautiful things out of it and this this is one of the things i brought up that uh that uh Divkid Ben said, no, 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 you can make it sound... That's how I tempted him onto the show, by saying, no, it just makes a, <laughs> makes a load of top noise. But um, and this, intro, and this was actually um, uh, inspired by... I found an article on uh, Sound on Sound, which is by Gordon uh, Reed, who is Sound on Sound's kind of synthesis specialist, and he's written, uh, uh, as is his way, you know, a very specifically technical and uh, very uh, uh, full, fulsome... Um, explanation of how you use am modulation i seem to remember what i I like the amplitude modulation for that yo-yo sound when you you modulate the depth so if you modulate the amplitude depth of a filter audio rates and you modulate that you get a very unique filter sound but i'm guessing if you're doing it with pitch there's other side of things that you could do um so I wanted to sort of start with that AM as a concept and then maybe kind of move on to what's the latest synthesis trick you learned. But we'll start with Ben. So, uh, Malor, if you'd like to make the case for AM and uh, how you could use it musically, uh, you take you have the floor, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, like FM, it's just about getting it in tune. It certainly can be uh, dissonant, which can be great for percussion. You know, it's not particularly tuneful, but get that through a VCA, nice tight envelope you've got a nice clangorous percussion sound. But unlike analog FM, which to me makes it safer for kind of jam wave or studio, you don't get that pitch drift. Like when you've got two oscillators, one frequency modulating the other, you're turning up that depth of modulation and that pitch just starts to come up, which, you know, if you're playing against anything else in tune is like someone going up to the guitar and turning the machine head slowly up while you're playing, which is just horrible. Um, AM won't do that, but it's just about getting the oscillators in tune. And if you can make the modulation track, so say you've got a saw wave going into a VCA, you've another oscillator, say a sine wave, if you can make them play the same sequence and then get them in tune, 
unlike FM octaves, fifths tend to work really well. You have some really gorgeous melodic kind of tones. It's, but it's about that modulation tracking. If you get a nice tone and then start to sequence one of the oscillators, it's kind of all over the place because all the ratios are off. Oh, but it would be the same fair. with FM. Right. Yeah, so you, you, it's about getting the tracking of the uh, of the modulation source and destination. Yeah, yeah right, okay. Scale. Or keep, keep, or keep one oscillator droning and, and sequence the audio rate modulation and you'll get different tones while the kind of bass pitch stays the same because you've left your input, you know, just droning with no control. Um, I really like it. Something to check out, and I forget which album it is, but one of Nathan Moody's latest albums, uh, All on Buchla, has a lot of really gorgeous synth tones. And I remember kind of going to compliment him and talk about this thing and try and embarrass him with some nice words and all that kind of thing. And he said, there's barely any FM on it at all. And I thought it was. I thought, oh, this is all Buchla, FM, West Coast kind of stuff. He said, no, it's all AM because of that tracking. It will play more melodically because... I can push the modulation without any weird pitch drift that comes with it. Ah, okay. It's nice on LFOs as well. If you drop the rates right down, which is going to be my follow-on, what's the kind of nice tip you've had recently. Um, if you want more complex modulation without, you know, some crazy digital modulation source, if you just run an LFO, you know, just standard low rate, sine, triangle, whatever, through a VCA and put another LFO to CV the level of the VCA, you'll get a more complex moving shape out of two very simple sources. Um, and that works really well. Ah, nice. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, that's killed two birds with one stone. I think you've, uh, you can rest your case, my lud. Uh, um, <laughs> I'll come to I'll come to you now, Dominic, because you've got modular system behind you. Although I, I have to say there are no patch cables in it. That was a big mistake. You're going to get so much flack now. You need to put some quickly for yeah. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. And they're all used for routing amplitude modulation, no doubt, right? You're muted, by the way. Whoops. Take a drink, they somebody. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, they are. All I've ever done is, is amplitude modulation. No, no, not at all. Um, oh, well, I was going to say most of the AM, I think I came from your school, is a little bit harsh and noisy, and that's a really good it's a really good thing to know about because I've never attempted it at all. All this stuff is based on on radio fundamentally. So FM, your FM station is using FM uh, uh, radio frequencies and AM stations using AM. There's not a lot of transmission styles left that we could use. There is a thing called sideband. I don't know what that, that would sound like when applied to, to synthesizers. Oh, isn't um, that, uh, don't uh, Roland have sideband filters on? Uh, ah, they got maybe. some models on the System Eight, which sound quite nice. Right, it's it's AM, um, but you remove the carrier and you're left with the sidebands, and and the sidebands are identical, so you can actually stick with the upper one or the lower one. And I have no idea what that would sound like when applied to audio. I don't, do, ben, do, do, a, do you know anything about that? Um, I'm a, not sure, but thinking of um, sidebands. Just a really quick thing on AM, if you're going into a VCA to do this, just an oscillator at the input, another one to control amplitude or audio rate, um, it's kind of half of a ring modulator. So if, if a sine wave comes into a ring mod, you know the, the level increases and then it flips as the wave goes negative, so you're getting mm -hmm. kind of audio rate phasing version. Because a VCA won't do negative gain, it's either zero or up to whatever full level is, it rectifies the signal so that sine wave goes up and then stops while the signal's negative and then up and then negative. And that's where a lot of the kind of harshness comes from because the simple sine wave's now lost its bottom part of its wave. Okay. So it's effectively sine, square, sine, or, well, ah, flat, okay. zero. Volt. If you had a ring mod, it would flip the phase as the wave went down, which would be a bit more musical in some cases. Um, that's so there's anything you could do with a ring mod you can kind of do on a VCA, but it'd be a different tone. Ah, okay. That makes sense. That makes much more sense. That's 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 your boy there, the ring thing. Yeah, mm. that's uh, that's a single sideband modulator. You can do ring, you can do ring modulation, but you can do upper uh, the upper band or the lower band, uh, and you can actually, if you take, you can take both side uh, both side uh, side bands out independently as well. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, 
and it's a lot of fun you could do and you can do all sorts of really weird stuff with it and this one is quite interesting (laughs) because it's got but it's also got a tune control where it'll tune the modulator into whatever your income incoming signal is um so you can get like a, a certain degree of musicality out of it so maybe like your root is very strong but everything off that then gets kind of crazy yeah. but um being able to have a you know a certain amount of musicality with the tune thing it really transforms it in from you know the kind of uh more abstract sound effecty type thing into something approaching musical right <laughs> ah, got um, you. that's the problem well, there you go um, sorry i was just gonna say well there you go that's that. uh <laughs> Hang on, let me just carry oh, on. Um, they, um, yeah, you go. That, that's it for, uh, for 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 transmitting. I think if you're if you're using if you're applying radio style stuff back into synthesis, uh, there isn't really anything else because since everything else has gone digital, all they're doing is transmitting ones and zeros, which is very similar to what they're doing in synths and stuff now. So I don't think there's any more there's any more left. I mean, from my side of things. Uh, I only really use the modular. I was just going to say that the, the synth tricks that you're talking about, because I'm by no way a, an AM synth specialist or understanding things. Um, the modular I kind of bought to use as an effects rack. The top bit there is one of the Dopfer systems, which I bought when it first came out, and that got me kind of into it. And that that is an instrument. But everything below is a relatively recent acquisition, and I, I fundamentally bought it to affect things. So there isn't any oscillators in there. There's a couple of filters, really good delay, a uh, thing called a morphogene that kind of just changes subtly samples by stretching like a granular synthesis sampling thing. Um, and I don't really tend to use it as an instrument. And that's one of the tricks that I've found is taking stuff out of the computer or, or whatever and sticking it through there, be it a vocal, um, synth, bass or whatever. And with this thing I think you touched on a while ago, this expert sleepers interface and it's an es8 there but basically you can send stuff directly out of the computer like an audio interface but it comes out with the right level for the modular and modulars take a higher audio level so they need a bit more punch and they deliver a higher audio level out the other end but that es uh, the expert sleepers handles all of that and really rather than saying here's an instrument i'm going to make some noises with it i've said here's a really weird and wonderful effects machine and let's see what we can do to the noises that we've already got and that's been good i mean i will get into using it i'm sure but i've always viewed personally modular as an instrument and i there's some amazing modular performances by people who can take this instrument and play and do some amazing stuff with it just in the same way that there's some amazing pianists that can play an instrument and make some amazing piano music um i've always seen it as was one in the arsenal of kit that you've got yeah so much the same as i probably wouldn't sit down and give you a fantastic rendition on my matrix brute but it would make a baseline in conjunction with other stuff um, so I'm not taking away anything away from the Modge guys because I'd love to be able to do that stuff where you kind of ping a button. Um, but for me, it's it's a instrument as part of everything else. I think so. That's that's kind of where I'm where I'm at. Oh, the other little thing was noise as a modulation source, and I don't know if that's widely used, but using a bit of white noise or whatever as as a, a tiny bit of modulation source for something can lead to some interesting results. Yeah, no, you get some lovely stuff. I've been using that on the the sculpt that I've got over there because you can wave shape the uh, one oscillator bank into noise and when you FM with that particularly when it's got a little bit of pitch left in it as well get some really lovely tones mm. all right so Gaz um, I'm, I mean you know Amplitude you, you've done your ring thing there but I mean if you've, you've just been getting into Medusa I mean have you found any little synth techniques that you kind of go oh that's 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 something I've not tried before oh I, with this thing loads of that I think the um y- it, when you use this in the, it's got like a kind of um, play mode here between monophonic, yeah, uh, paraphonic one and paraphonic two. On the paraphonic one uh, setting, uh, essentially you've got pairs of oscillators, one analog oscillator and one digital oscillator as as pairs, and you've got like three voice paraphonic. Um, I'm finding all sorts of interesting stuff there with uh, sending audio rate modulations to the pitch controls of the well either of one of the pairs of the of the oscillators but but actually using the uh the mixer as a performing performing with the mixer and uh oodles of reverb of course of course yeah well that goes without saying <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> yeah which always feels so luxurious to do that but um 
Yeah, because I mean, some people were criticizing the Medusa as sounding too dry. And I was thinking, well, it is. Well, it hasn't got it any effects. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it, yeah. So uh, is the Jupiter 8, you know, but yeah. Yeah. No, that that's interesting. Uh, I, I'll tell you one thing yeah. that I, I was doing. Because you've got six oscillators, you can use LFOs to modulate different pitch intervals that come in and out of a voice or yes. envelopes. Ah, so you can create yes. these incredible harmonic uh, uh, sort of evolutions on a single note. Yes. And looping envelopes, but you've got five envelopes, but you've got a delay control of each yeah. envelope. So actually using a delay control as a performing tool, flicking on between the different envelopes and having lots of different yeah, things, things coming, coming in different, that's, different that's envelopes. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. That, and that messing with really the well. delay. That, that, yeah. That's something I haven't done before. Well, um, um, the one I did, and again, this was on the sculpt, and it's not something that I, 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 I've not, I think I've done it before, where um, basically all of the LFOs are, you can have single shot mode. And if you set a single shot LFO uh, to random, and so every time it's triggered on a, on a note on, that voltage or that control voltage every time a note on is a, effectively a completely random and unique uh, voltage. So you can use that to randomize things from there so every time you play a note something random gets sent out so that could be to a uh, balance of oscillators it could be to you know maybe a slight variation in the decay level or whatever so you get that kind of particularly if you're doing fast sequence if you've got a little bit of random there then you're ending up with it not sounding very machine it won't sound machine gun it'll actually move around a bit you know every time a note's triggered it's a random voltage so that's a trick that i learned that i implemented quite recently and i thought that worked quite well and you could do that with the position of say a waveform as well if you've got a continuing various waveforms so the toe the tombo will you know you don't have to make it super wide it could be quite narrow but but lots of variation between that gives you this sort of sense of uh, sounds more analog because you're introducing error effectively if that's how you want to use it so that's a good one can I just say another one I was just doing with us with this one was with the with that play mode and people who use Volkers like the Volker keys will certainly and and the Volker bass will know this kind of trick is when you um when you change from like monophonic and and then have the sequence going and then switch switch it back and forward the uh, the the, the the play mode so the sequencer is contracting in and out from a monophonic line into a paraphonic line with lots of harmonies but just sort of using that as a performance tool you know to mm, sort of bringing it in oh now we're, now we're rocking mm. ben i think you, you you obviously got a little bit of a spark there as well yeah no the the thing you said about random that's the first patch i tend to do a lot of one-to-one -one skype sessions with people and things and i often get people saying i've watched these shows you've done on random but I don't like random bleeps and bloops. Oh, how about random video pauses? There we go. Try again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so people said, you know, I'm not into this random bleep and bloop stuff. So I don't want any random modulation. It's exactly what you said. It's almost like a humanizing yeah. voltage to apply to things and not clocking a sample and hold, doing it per gate. Or like you said, with a one shot LFO per key press or per MIDI note or something. And if you've got lots of random sources, you can make some gorgeous and lifelike things. You know, imagine a bass player, Gaz, as, as, as great a player as Gaz is, he can't play every single machine like every single time. Not even a drummer hit that snare drum exactly at the same velocity in the same place every time. So if you've got lots of random modulation for, like you said, pulse width or wave shape, cutoff, decay time, level, resonance, and just really tiny little bits, lots of attenuation, repeated notes sound really musical, you know, kind of chuggy 16th note bass lines and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, using a machine to not sound like a machine. <laughs> there we go. That's a way <laughs> yeah. to do it. All right, I think um, that's probably enough on that topic. I'm going to just now uh, bring in a message from uh, Isotope because we now have... Uh, Obviously, this is the portion where they get to give away a copy of RX-7, which I will pass this on now. This is what RX-7 can do for RX you. RX continues to be the industry standard and leader in audio repair for music and post-production. And with RX-7, we've introduced groundbreaking new ways to quickly and easily fix and manipulate audio. Take the game-changing Repair Assistant, an intelligent helper that can detect noise, clipping, clicks, hum, and more. Also new in RX-7 is Music Rebalance, a powerful source separation tool. Drums too loud? Vocals not loud enough? Let's fix that. You can also create instrumental versions of songs by removing the vocal elements. 
you can now alter the pitch without affecting the timing of your audio, and conversely, alter the time without affecting the pitch with the new variable time and variable pitch modules. Using the new dialog contour, you can improve the performance of a line or even create a new performance by altering the pitch contour of the dialog, therefore adjusting the intonation of the speaker and introducing Dialog Dereverb, a module powered by machine learning to reduce the presence of reverberations around Dialog RX-7, a new frontier in audio repair. Cool, so all you have to do is head over to isotope.com and uh, check out RX-7. And we have a winner from last week's competition. Uh, the winner is, in fact, I've done this with, uh, I, I thought I'd throw the tweet up this time. This is uh, uh, LCarl13. Oh, great random number generator, select my number. Well, you know what? It did. So uh, you won last week's competition. And if you want to enter this week, uh, we're looking for, and this is what happened to us, save the session with, as one hashtag, and the other hashtag is RX7. So the first hashtag is hashtag save the session with, that's one word, and the hashtag RX7 has another hashtag to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's save the session with and the hashtag RX7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's a Twitter competition and uh, we can pick, we could do a search based on that and then we pull all the winners in and the random number generator takes over from there. So uh, once again, we thank them for their sponsorship of the show by providing a great prize. Um, I, I, actually, at this point, I, I, I meant to mention this at the beginning of the show, but uh, obviously terrible fires on the West Coast. I mean, we're going to NAM in January and it's going to be a very different uh, landscape. But there's been a lot of uh, disruption to West Coast music community. Lots of people lost their houses, studios. Uh, a chap called Richard Gibbs lost his uh, Malibu home to the fire. I mean, fortunately, loss of life has been, while great, it's not been as you know huge as, as the disaster would be. So condolences to anybody who's you know suffering and uh, perhaps you know having their, their, their career Creative lives completely disrupted. I mean, obviously, it's nothing compared to loss of life, but it still can, can be very. Uh, it's a very traumatic thing. So uh, you know, all uh, props and and good vibes to you lot out there, and we'll pray for rain for you. Um, okay, well, let's have a look. What's next? Um, yeah, the Groove Agent Five thing. I didn't. Uh, I didn't really kind of go into that. That's part of the Cubase. Um, that's part of the Cubase upgrade. I mean, you get SE5, uh, Groove Agent SE5. Groove Agent 5 uh, came out just previously, which is the sort of full version, which is massive sound library, uh, massive sort of grooves, and able to mix completely different kits up. And these these things are, you know, they're, they're quite long in the tooth. We've got to version 5. There's obviously the Stylus RMX. Uh, there's BFD, uh, which is another great, uh, a drum kit and a groove generator that people use a lot. Toontrack, Easy Drummer, Superior Drummy. Uh, so like I said, Spectrosonic. I just wondered... Um, you know, because I always found that uh, people would say, oh, yeah, I use it. I know Dave Spears uses Stylus RS, RMX and, and uh, uh, um, people use BFD. I wonder if any of you guys use that kind of sort of the, the rhythm section uh, plugin that like Groove Agent supplies just to sort of get things going because the amount of tweakability and realism is really huge now. I'll um, I'll come to you first, guys. I mean, I know you've got access to real drummers and stuff, but I know you're a Cubase user. I mean, we've looked at Groove Agent, hasn't it? And it is quite impressive, isn't it? I mean, are there any others that you use? Or, I mean, where do you find them? Because people tend to think of them a little bit as sort of auto accompaniment, but they're really not about that, are they? Um. I use Machina inside of Cubase a lot. So the Groove Agent thing, well, but Groove Agent does have like a particular advantage if you use it inside of Cubase in that you can just, you can drag things from the timeline directly into it and have in this relationship there. That's, I, I know some other things, I think Impact XT in Studio One version four does, does a similar thing. So having it integrated into the DAW itself has, has, has lots of benefits. Um, and Groove Agent is actually, uh, is there's lots of innov innovative things in Groove Agent that may be easy to overlook. And in many ways, it does offer a very to, to a full-blown thing like Machina. So uh, I, I, that's just referring to the SC version. Obviously, the uh, the, the full-blown one, as you mentioned, it comes, it's an enormous library, I think, with that one now. And all that um, sort of multi-mic mixing and switching out yeah. drum. I mean, it's really clever yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'm, I remember getting Superior Drummer 2, gosh, a long time ago now, probably, what, 10 years ago or something? When it, oh, maybe a bit less. Um, and just being just utterly overwhelmed by the amount of uh, <laughs> uh, different mics they'd put up and just and the, the mixing desk was incredibly complex. It, and I, I sort of recoiled a bit from that sort of 
stuff, I suppose. Um, I do. I, I love working with real drums, so that that will always be my first port of call. Um, but actually, I find now using simplified versions of those drum libraries, like the ones that are, are part of Machina, um, like the Abbey Road ones, but just in the kind of machine workflow, I find those kind of things more satisfying for, for, for me because I can just, uh, uh, it's just, there's a minimum amount of fuss with it. Um, yeah. Cause I, I mean, you could it, spend, you could spend almost as long tweaking one of these plugins uh, uh, to get uh, the drum absolute, mix right as, as the real thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing I think for me, if I was going to put the time in, I would do it with real drums. But, uh, so if I, if I'm not going to be using real drums, I'll actually want to use the benefit of using the computer for the convenience side of things, you know. <laughs> um, but Groove Agent, as I say, is, uh, I really like the very first ever Groove Agent because it was done like a kind of old fashioned drum machine and you had like a slider for different genres and, and um, a bit kind of corny in some ways, but I really liked it. Um, it. That was before it sort of transformed into the the more mpc like kind of workflow if you want to call it that yeah um but but definitely want to again if you're a cubase user and have overlooked just the se version definitely check that though because it is that's incredibly powerful just in its own on its own um yeah yeah that's good. Uh, dominic good. dominic are you i mean i uh, stuff i've seen your your jams are they're very much sort of constructed kits so less of the sort of real live drum, but there must have been kind of gigs in the past where you, you know, as with all of us, you know, usually when you're asked to remix things, you remix them with a, a kind of electro kit or a kit that has a sort of a now sound. But quite often you might need an authentic sounding real drum and don't have the option to record them, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not a massive fan. Uh, a bit old school. It's a bit vegetarian sausage for me if you're trying to make real drum sounds like that. Um, but absolutely, not everyone can go out and record a drummer. Really good drummers are few and far between, I think. Also, I mean, you can now send your tracks away and get remote sessions done with some really good drummers, which is worth thinking about. And they, their kit's obviously mic'd up perfectly and they know how to get the best sounds, and that can be an alternative. Um, but I haven't really. We've, we tended to do a lot of programming on the productions and remixes that I did, but we used percussion live which makes a massive difference amazing percussionist called louis jardine who worked with trevor Horn <laughs> yeah. and yep he's the guy isn't he yeah just, Grace Jones. Really, <laughs> you know, yeah i mean he's just amazing and uh he's really good for his stories as well you just get him in and get him to play for half an hour and then get him to sit down for the rest of the session and tell you the stories that he knows um but that made that made a huge huge difference i have used um some the st dub stuff that i was doing um not so much but real drum samples that he produced who's a really amazing sort of dub guy where they'd sampled really lots of mics as you say um a really really nicely laid out kit with with different miking and, and different velocities and that made a huge difference but i'd always try and steer away actually from trying to uh pretend make pretend live drums and and go and use something else you know um right. it's, I, I think ultimately that sounds better it's like when the drum machines first came out and everyone said well drummers will be out of business but obviously you know clearly drummers things like drum drum machines sound like drum machines and drummers sound like drummers um that said a great great tool for songwriting if you're just sitting in a room and you want to throw something together there's always a danger certainly with me that you get the old faithful sounds up the old faithful patterns up and you're not really starting from a, a spark um and so if you throw something together on one of those and start you know, generating a few little fills and throws and different sounds, and I think that can probably spark a little bit of uh, enthusiasm and, and, and a new songwriting ability, but they'd always end up getting replaced. And they'd normally, in my book, get replaced by program stuff rather than your vegetarian sausage, if you like. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, ben, I know you are actually a drummer, so uh, you know you, you probably got yeah. mixed feelings about it, but then you know, recording your own kit, you, I know you've got an electric kit, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, that the, the last kind of big lot of digging was was all uh, MIDI kit. That yeah, that'd probably be my thing. Coming from playing drums, I'd probably MIDI it into some sort of contact library. You know, great. There's, there's a ton of really good contact libraries, um, and then I've got the advantage of being able to change the feel if I want afterwards. But I really like them. Um, we, we've working in college. Well, not anymore. But the job I had in college, um, Logic's drummer was very useful. And it's a little bit kind of cheesy, and I was a little bit snobby about it, I guess. Someone would go, oh, I'm using this, and I'm like, what is it? And you look at it, and it's, oh, they're using James, the R&B session drummer, or go pick 
Rob, the 80s glam rock superstar or whatever, but just for them getting ideas going. And I think for people writing that don't program drums or don't have a drummer to hand, to just be able to move a slider for a fill or for a pattern to be busier or louder or quieter or more dynamics, less dynamics, I think they're great tools. And a lot of them, you know, you can kind of tell what they are at the end of the day. I would want to replace them, but yeah, I think they've got their place. Um, actually recording a kit, if I didn't have the MIDI kit, I probably would use it. Just the case of I need to just get a groove in this because I want to lay another part down, a guitar part or something. Because, um, you know, we don't all have a kit mic'd up and ready to go. No, well, that's time. very true, yeah. Very true. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people, uh, or some drummers anyway, use electronic kits with stuff like BFD, where they can just build yeah. the kit they want. And I don't know whether uh, many people are using that live, because, I mean, obviously that sort of might be a bit counterintuitive. But, I mean, you imagine a Mac Mini with BFD on it and a multi-output kit where you've just got kick, snare, and a stereo mix out to front of house. You know, you've got a pretty realistic and it's they're getting so good now it's usually the symbols where they really die or the or way you're sort of hitting toms you're getting that yeah. machine gun effect but that stuff is almost a thing of a past now i mean that doesn't yeah. really help we had yeah we had one sounds oh. for a while and uh that was bfd uh, maybe version one or two yeah. um i just have to move over i was using ableton all electronic kits we'd built up a little bit kind of massive attack-ish style-wise, but there's just one sound that needed acoustic sounds. And it was, do we have the, the kind of crappy one that's in the... Do we just use BFD for a track? Ran okay. So, yeah. Job. Uh, sorry, we, we're losing a little bit of bandwidth there. Hopefully it'll, uh, the, 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 uh, the pipes will grease up nicely and we'll get back to that. So, what, <laughs> What's the thing, Nick, with, with round-robin sampling? There's something about, like, if you hear the same sample again, exactly the same sample again within a sort of period of time, it sort of jars. We kind of notice it, even though yeah. so you have to... I don't know. Is amount. there like a psychoacoustic rule that says it has to be more than nine? <laughs> I mean, there quite possibly is, you know. Right, 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 right. For the untrained ear, I'd imagine, yeah. Sorry, it depends um, how fast they come round. Um, I was talking to Mark Verbos about an old Google random generator, and we won't get back into that, but that was a preset number of values. And he said, even when there's 256 of them, if you're firing away a machine drum with it, you start to hear the pattern emerge. And you're right, guys, with a round robin, it's how fast it's played. You know, if you're doing a snare roll and there's only eight, well, mm. you might get eight notes within two beats or a bar or one beat if it's a 30-second note burden. You do hear it. And I mm. don't know how you get around that, but I guess if well, it's played, I, you'll also be triggering multiple velocity layers as well. So, so yeah, you, you kind get, of... Yeah. I guess. I did an interesting experiment. I I, I took a, a, a... Like a one bar loop from my Vimona DRM, just a very, very simple boom bap kind of sort of pattern. And then I recorded it for like about three minutes playing the same pattern. Then I copied and pasted the, the loop so so you could toggle between just the, the looped one or the one of the same pattern playing and just ask people which one do they prefer. Um, listening to the same pattern with us, and everyone absolutely prefers the the, the non-looped one. Um, and it's just quite interesting because that's obviously an analog drum machine. So but you get very uh, you you will get variations. I mean, MIDI's got yeah. you know plus or minus ten milliseconds well, or more. So, uh, if you, know, if so. you line up the beats, uh, ostensibly they're the same length and attack. Uh, you know, everything is the same. But when you zoom into the waveform at a sort of like a, and looking at it a sample level, you can see they are quite different um so again that thing of just randomization folks yeah i guess yeah it is, isn't it i'm yeah. feeling a show title going on <laughs> i can't think what it is but randomized randomized vegetarian sausages randomized vegetarian sausage yeah randomized uh, vegetarian <laughs> sausage that could work we'll have to see about that but uh yeah it's in there it's written down thank you that'll work as a, as a starting point um well i, I we've actually well, got sausage the sausage variations enigma sausage yeah anyway let's 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 not go um 
So there were actually more topics, but we seem to have kind of got quite far in. Is there anything that anybody really, really wants to talk about that uh, before we before we uh, end the show? Uh, did you just raise a finger there, Don? Yeah, I just wanted to to come back on the randomization thing very quickly. I think it was an old soft sell trick back in the day, but we've been kind of reamping stuff, just re-recording stuff that's coming out through speakers. They used to put um, root the snare to a little speaker on the snare drum, and then mic the snare drum up underneath. So you actually got the impact of the sound triggering the, uh, I can't remember what they're, snares, aren't they, <laughs> on the snare drum, and then mic that up, and then you get some variation in like that. Try, try and sort of think out of the box um, a little bit. So it's not variation in timing, but no two snare drum hits sound the same, particularly if your speaker's moving about a bit. So there are yeah, other ways wow. of getting a little bit of ambience in there. That, that's, that's a good that, idea. Yeah, that one's really nice when you send the snare back through a bigger drum, like the floor tom. So you kind of get the impact, the recorded sound of the whole snare drum, and you know the, the impact, the snare wires, the shell ringing, the whole lot back through another drum. They almost oh on it, which is quite cool. We we lost you, and they're almost. You just say that last sentence again, then we'd be there. Um, it almost it almost imposes um, another pitch on it because you run the whole snare sound and excite the lower tuned floor tom with it or something. Well, it's kind of like, it's, it's um, like real, real physical modeling, isn't it? I mean, it's remodeling the, the kind like, of yeah, real convolution almost. Yeah. 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 Interesting idea. Randomized convolution. There's another possibility. Okay. Well, we're getting, we're getting loads of possible titles there. Um, I think, I think perhaps um, we might uh, leave it because there's a couple of topics I can use for next week. Cause this week, I mean, aside from Cubase, it's actually been quite a slow uh, news week, um, which I guess we're heading up to, is it, Bla- is it Black Friday this, this Friday? Yeah, it is. So um, we're going to end up with a whole, there's a whole load of sales. Week, I wasn't sure if it was. It is, is it? Right. Okay. I'll have to check that out. We'll be, be able to deal with that. Um, Okay, well, I, I think on that note, we'll uh, we'll leave it for today. I would like to apologise. I forgot to press go on the Facebook record, but hey, you know, I'll, I'll upload it later. Uh, I'm sorry if anyone was waiting on Facebook for that, but uh, you know where you can go to, to get it, you know, elsewhere. So uh, hopefully you, you came over and it was all all right. Um, so I think we'll, we'll, uh, we'll finish there. Don't forget, if you want to win a copy of the uh, Isotope RX-7, we're looking for the hashtag. This is via Twitter, the hashtag save the session with. That's one word, save the session with. And the hashtag RX-7 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. So uh, con- uh, good luck if you're going to enter that competition. And don't forget, if you want to get tickets to our uh, Bristol gig, which is on the 24th, that's Saturday week uh, of November in Bristol, uh, Sonic Live at DBS Music Bristol, of course, uh, bit.ly slash Sonic Live 18 will get you there. And there are literally, we're down to the last few tickets. So uh, it'd be nice to sell out, but you know, hey, we can, w- there'll be plenty of people there anyway, but uh, no, that's not what I'm supposed to say, is it? Buy the tickets, for goodness <laughs> sake. They want to sell out. Um, right. Okay. Uh, so, well, that's it for this week. Um, but Ben, thank you very much for joining us and uh, imparting your peculiarly modern knowledge as well as all your drum stuff uh i hope i hope your bandwidth is going to hold up long enough for you to be able to actually say goodbye um but uh we'll see somebody's downloading yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'd lost you then but yeah f- thanks very much for having me on it's great as always um i'm chatting always a pleasure to have you don't forget uh check out ben's uh stuff a divkid video on youtube lots of stuff there uh coming and uh about to come and also already up there i don't know how many videos he's got it must be in the hundreds if not the thousands so do check them out uh also dominic hawken thank you very much for joining us as well uh taking time out of your schedule uh i hope your studio rewire comes back all as you <laughs> hoped it did i guess that's the yeah, next let's test so. isn't fingers it? crossed yeah you fingers worried, crossed. Uh, thanks for you... having me do you go the EDAC route or are you just going point to point? Point to point and a big patch bay. Well, three big patch bays, actually. Is that, um, is that Bantam? So yeah. Yeah. TT yeah, yeah, yeah. patch. Her- horrendously expensive way of wiring everything up and then at least you sort of plug it and forget it. But yeah, the cables and all the rest. Anyway, that's another thing, isn't it? Maybe make a video about that. But no, thanks very much for having me. Really enjoyed it. Anytime. Look forward to the next one, I hope. Uh, a pleasure having you as ever. Um, and also, um, Mr. Gaz Williams, who's there with his Medusa, where I think he'll be locked in uh, mortal combat with it. So uh, <laughs> do enjoy enjoy that. But we'll, hopefully we'll get time to talk. We need to have a meeting about the, our uh, our gig because there's a lot a lot of stuff to do still, but we're, we're getting Yeah, there. 
Ah, uh, I'm so excited about it, though. Um, and yes, I, I mean, there are so few tickets, so please don't leave it too long. Don't be disappointed, because yeah, because we've got a limit. Like... We can't. We, can't, we <laughs> literally can't fit any more people in. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, but yes, uh, thank you very much. Um, someone was asking about the Kita review. That's imminent. It is. Actually, I think, uh, mm. let me see, where is it? I've got, uh, let me see, there might be a little teaser I can play. Ooh. Yeah. Would you like to see a little, we'll play out with a little teaser. Uh, but oh, before no. we go, uh, we'll say thank you very much, everyone. Well, no, actually, I'll play it first, and then we can get the reaction, because I think you'll find this quite uh, enjoyable. <laughs> This is the sort of uh, cutaway rock and roll. This is how you might use a ketone. We've got the dry ice out and everything. Go gas! Well, that's a little bit of a taster. I won't play it all because it's a three-minute section, but, but that's going to appear in the video to just sort of, if you didn't know what you might want to use a keytar for, there are some suggestions. So uh, yeah. anyway. <laughs> but folks, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we'll wave our way out now. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you all uh, next week. Thanks very much for watching. See you next time. <laughs>